Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for an episode ten coverage of twenty four. Which season? Uh, only season two so far, sadly. Um, when we get to season three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine, episode ten might be more exciting than this. Uh, but wow, there's a lot going on in this episode. We are at <laughs> five p.m. to six p.m. Nobody wants to take a supper break. Uh, <laughs> We've only seen one bathroom break in two seasons, uh, but a nuclear bomb is coming and still nobody's panicked about it. Uh, that's in like 24. six hours, spoiler alert. Like it's it's pretty close to going off. <laughs> I mean, the, the wedding should be happening right now and nobody's yeah. even excited about that. I mean, mm. I haven't seen one person on the phone calling the guests and saying, please don't come. We're Kate in did it in 10 custody. minutes. Remember, we already covered that, Colin. Catch up. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> there's going to be so much to talk about in this one. Um, 16 storylines is what I said are going on this week. So let's start it off. Um, where's my opening line? All right, there we go. <laughs> Great quote. <laughs> my, my name is Colin, and I'm covering season two of 24. My life's in the toilet. Cut me some slack. <laughs> you should be saying, I'm on the Oz Network. My life is in the toilet. <laughs> Cut me some slack. Uh, and my name is Ben, and... What are we saying here? If we save LA from a nuclear bomb, you and I can get together for dinner and a movie sometime? Oh, you that know might what? be I the still... cheesiest line ever in this show. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm still trying to get over, you know, the drama that happened with Noah. So I don't know. Um, that's what's holding me back from me and you going out, Ben. Oh, FYI, Noah says, hey, uh, I've got to see you hey. out there. So he literally <laughs> said it like that. So there you go. He also said, miss you, Sean. Out of context, <laughs> but weird. <laughs> Sad, Noah. <laughs> uh, I really don't know how to feel about this episode. I feel like there is so much going on this week, but also so little going on. There's just a lot of analyzing this. We, we get the, the Palmer story, I think, is what I'm going to have a lot of problems with. And then they're going to dump about, as I said, 16 storylines, so 16 cliffhangers. Coming at you, big revelations, and it feels like they're deserving of a better episode than this, but I don't know. Maybe I'm alone. I was not really into this episode. It's definitely a drop of quality from the last few weeks, but I will say this. like it's, I get taken back to watching this for the first time, and I think this is a first-time episode where there's enough here to get you interested uh, to keep watching. Um, I think the cliffhanger is great uh, because we'll talk about that storyline where literally – I had no fucking clue. Um, so that to me is like, wow, okay. I think kind of Jack and Kate work really well together and this mm. is really picking up. So I, I kind of like that. And 
like I'm with you on the Palmer stuff. There's some bad stuff going on with the Palmer stuff, but there's a plot twist in that one, which again is like, okay, well that's obvious, but at the same time it's like, ooh. Um, <laughs> although Palmer just is showing how much of a terrible president he really is. Um, but he's horny yeah, like, too. He is like, I'm with you, but at the same time, like I just, yeah, I'm not going to be rating this as highly as the last few weeks, but there's some stuff in here that I enjoy. And then there's fucking Miguel. Um, oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. We're only a week away from maybe the worst storyline in the history of 24, literally next week's episode, and it's all because of dumbass Michelle. Uh, Michelle, Miguel. Michelle, Michelle's not a dumbass. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle's great. Michelle's going out for dinner once we cut, stop this nuclear bomb, baby. <laughs> Sweet talking. Um, and we also, we should we also mention, celebrate the... Debut of a very famous actor in this episode is yep. no, more so on one of our other covers. Listen to our coverage of Lost, but Daniel Day Kim's in this episode. Spider Man 2's Daniel Day Kim. Here he is. <laughs> Spider Man 2. We Kim. get his name about 30 times. Baker, Baker, are you there? Baker, Baker, <laughs> Baker, Baker. Candlestick Maker. Come on. <laughs> uh, and this won't be the last time we see Baker. Uh, no, he's in, he's in at least two him. seasons. He comes back next season as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about Baker more than I am half the storylines this week. Let's um, let's start off with the Kim stuff. <laughs> Just oh, make this a trend. Uh, the sad thing is, of all these storylines going on, this is the one where probably the most happens in it. But I just don't care. I mean, they're they're being taken back to LA. They're being escorted out of the car, and Miguel's karate's back, mixed with a little bit of parkour, I think, because he does Hand a backflip off of karate. a car. Oh, what God. is what is with this guy? <laughs> like. I don't understand why he needs to be part of this show. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> why he needed to be him. horny for someone this season. But like they give him karate. He's like a bass player in some garage band. Like, where did he learn? Is he even a bass player? We saw him in the sound booth. He's a mixer. <laughs> He's a mixer. There we go. <laughs> He's, He's not even important enough to be in the band. He's the band uh, manager. And like, okay, I'm sure we got the karate kick earlier on, which we, we said was hilarious uh, unintentionally. This backflip off the car is just as bad. Uh, and what does he do? He pockets a lighter, which is going to come up later on because when they're in the car, uh, they want to kill the only man who's trying to help them. It's <laughs> so cop. bad. Like, I feel so bad because this cop, we've been saying, yeah, we kind of like this cop. And we have now seen two, three weeks in a row where he's believing their story to a certain extent. He has his orders. He's following his, I'm not going to lose my job over this, kids, but I'll do what I can to help you. Miguel says, set fire to my bandana and shove it in his face. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy is literally on the phone at that very moment saying, listen, I got some kids here that I really want to help. They're saying a bomb is going off. Something's going on here. And they're like, kill him, kill him. They shove a flaming rag into the front seat. The car flips. This cop is probably dead. I think he is they're dead from memory. And, like, this is going to be a bigger problem later on. Like, we know a lot of the uh, the main cast members are going to uh, have some strings pulled to get them off of the crimes they commit in this season. But, like, I'm really bothered now that Kim is not, you know, 18 to life in prison for murdering this guy. It, it really, like, this is the thing with Kim this season, which is just, like, again, last season there were some things where you're like, okay, you can understand it, and then it just... You know, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. We had the whole bring it on thing and all that sort of stuff. But, like, ultimately, Kim didn't really do a whole lot wrong. This season, she is legitimately a criminal. And, like, yeah. she's just like, oh, dad will get me off. It's all good. It's fine. My dad works at CTU. Sunshine and rainbows coming up for Kim Bauer. But, like, she, like, she's just as bad in this whole sequence because 
I, again, one negative about this cop, though. These are two people wanted for murder, and they're just literally handcuffed in the back of a SUV driving down a local lockup. Like, I've seen movies and TV shows. Enough to These guys have been chained, like, completely chained. Like, I watched The Fugitive. Harrison Ford didn't kill his wife, but he was on a fucking bus chained to the fucking floor. Poor Harrison Ford. He had a beard and everything. But um, that means you shouldn't be chained. I don't know. But, like, I just love the way that, like, it just, it's so, like, just shit. It's so just shit. Miguel is the worst. I'm saying right now ahead of next week, Miguel might be worse than the Cougar. Um, Because Miguel (laughs) is just shit. You really hate him. I don't like him. You really hate him. But I just, his whole, like, thing here is like, oh, maybe we can start a fire and he'll pull over. And I love Kim like, oh, what's he going to do? Put it out? It's like, oh, but maybe it will cause enough damage and we go back to LA. Uh, We're back to the thing. I love Kim. Gosh darn it, you're right. Cause enough damage. Damage? Half the car's gonna have to go like, light up. What are they, what's this cop gonna go? Well, the upholstery's ruined. Better take you back to my local county sheriff's office. We can't go to LA, be seen with damaged seats. Like, what sort of. Like, Kim just needs to be. If Kim literally in this scene was like, shut the fuck up, Miguel. I would be on board with Kim. You go, Kim. But I just love the way that she just sullies out of her handcuffs. And I just. The funniest bit to me in this whole episode is when Kim just like lights the thing, he's like, Whoopsie! And like put it in this thing. <laughs> like if maybe like set the like put it in the trunk or something like that. And like don't put what? it there because what's this guy gonna it- do? Oh, fire! Putting it out, <laughs> pulling over. Naughty, naughty! Better go back to county lockup. Of course he's gonna be like ah fire! <laughs> like I live in Australia. If a spider crawls out from underneath my visor. I'm like dead. I'm gonna crash that car in panic. If my back seat's on fire, also gonna happen. Like, how dumb is Kim? And why does she survive? Like, how is Miguel and him dead? Whereas, like, she's all like, oh, look, de doo, I'm alive. I'm Kim Bauer. I've got the Bauer blood in me, except for my mum, lol, too soon. Um, and then I love how she's like laying with Miguel and he's all like, Kim, you should leave. And Kim's like, I'm not leaving. Kim, you should leave. Okay. okay. <laughs> What's she going to achieve? She has made this worse. Like, if the cop is dead, Miguel is not going to be like, oh, Kim lit the fire. Like, I'm sure that fire only caused a bit of burntness on the thing. I'll put it down to the crash. Kim's home and home. She's probably going to go back to that place like she wanted. Why does she run? Yeah. And and is she now, I don't know how long they're driving, but is she now not within blast radius again? Where's she going to go on foot that she's going to get away from this bomb? And every shit thing that is going to, like, and this is, this, uh, calm down, man, calm down. Like, we've been so annoyed at this Kim storyline, all right? And we're not even halfway. We're not even at the fucking <laughs> The cougar. worst is still to come. That's next week. The cougar is next week, people. We are a week away from cougar land. But then <laughs> this Kim in the hut with that famous, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's quite famous now. Uh, in the hut, the homo, ho- homo, hobo. <laughs> <laughs> hobo, the hobo in a hut's about to come up, and then oh, it just it, it's only downhill from here from Kim, and like we've already been hating on this, like it's just so stupid, Kim. You are your own worst enemy. And Alicia Cuthbert again, you're great. You're good at what you do. You look great running again this week. Thanks for that. 
But like, just, just Kim, just, and can I just say it right now? I'm going to forget about this. I'm saying it right now. When Jack calls up Tony, why doesn't he ask about Kim? His daughter's up for murder charges. Yeah. All last season it was, how's my daughter doing? How's my daughter doing? This time around, damn it, Tony, where's the warner? By the way, your daughter's still being charged for murder. I don't care. I've got a blonde woman here in a pool. Like, I got a blonde woman in a pool. <laughs> anyway, Kim, shut up. I hope that cougar eats you next week. I hope we watch some alternate version of it. Uh, I'm so glad to be done with Kim here, and and I think we're done. We're we're not. Are we done with Miguel? I think we see him in. I think she calls him later, and he's in hospital. Uh, so I do believe we see yeah, him. At he doesn't least. die. No, but spoiler alert: I think he loses his legs. I think like oh. when you see him in hospital, like he's missing both of his legs or something. Oh, he can so. never karate kick again. This is a tragedy. I know. Like, like think about all the, the the bodies that Kim leaves behind. All right, we've got fucking Rick is somewhere off there, like with Melanie and all this kind of stuff. Next season, Chase. We're talking about losing limbs. Remember that when it comes to Chase next season. Uh, we've got old daddy psychiatrist guy in season five like kim just leaves the the bauer family they leave bodies everywhere and it's all kim (laughs) and well i guess jack sorry too soon for terry terry's body's still cold father's daughter um uh, let's quickly do some of the the brief non-story related ctu stuff here uh mason is still dying still bleeding uh still not looking good and Michelle oh, comes good. in to talk. Well, Xander well, Berkeley. He always looks good. What a man! But, uh, I love. Oh, there's some. There's some good trivia involving Xander. Oh Berkeley. yeah, Come yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're the two. Is it the uh, Jack one? Is it the key? Yeah, with Nina. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I I really want to get more people telling stories about Jack Bauer or Kiefer Sullen whispering in their ear. Uh, but anyway, so, so what do you? When we get to that, what do you? Now we're going to really pinpoint what he said to Leslie Hope in season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Mister Hope home tonight? I'm going to come over if you know what I mean. Uh, but as far as Mason goes, Michelle comes in to talk to him. Uh, I don't think we, we know we had it last week where Michelle uh, told Tony, I can tell the Mason's dying. I'm an expert on radiation sickness. <laughs> uh, she goes in. I think we should have had a moment, though, where she's like, are you feeling OK for the radiation sickness? Tony told you, didn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like, yeah, I'm all right. I'll be I'll be OK. <laughs> in another six hours, I'll be dead. It's fine. He's yep. not worried that like this has gotten out now. She's going to call division. None of that. Uh, but he tells this really nice story. I actually really like this scene where he's giving a little bit of, I, I guess, just a character bit here. You know, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and it came down to being a teacher, the government job. And you know why I took this job? $5,000 more a year. Like it's actually a really good scene and, and giving him a little bit of character and development. Uh, but then I started to flash forward to Michelle in season four and thinking, Corporate Michelle that we get later on. Is that Mason's fault? Because she's like, you mean I can make five grand more a year? Five thousand dollars, dudes. Yeah, I was going to be a kindergarten teacher. I was just doing this on the side to pay for my student loan, but I'm sticking with this job. Um, This is how we're going to get Michelle in later seasons. Uh, But um, yeah, it's it's a nice scene regardless. Uh, We have the Bob and Raisa debate, which has just been going on every single week. At this point, the audience doesn't care anymore, okay? They're like, you know, I think it might be Bob. No, it might be Raisa. No, no, no. There's something about Bob. He works for the CIA. He's a rich white guy. You know, I think (laughs) there's something there. No, 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 no. Raisa's Raisa's Middle Eastern. You know, he's definitely a a terrorist. Uh, (laughs) But then this just randomly evolves into Tony. I really think that we should go out sometime. (laughs) Like this is the time to have this conversation. 
like a nuke again a nuclear bomb is about to explode but now they she, get horny over they nukes. both get horny and then we have that awful line like you said you mean if a nuclear bomb doesn't explode we should go <laughs> for dinner in a movie only carlos bernard can pull off that line but it is not good uh wow well they, they finally they finally paid off those seeds that john Cassar planted uh <laughs> pre-season uh in the writer's minds um I, I like where they're gonna go with the Tony and Michelle storyline, but I feel like this should have just been something that they subtly did. Throw a little bit of flirting in there and then have this be a conversation at the end of the season, not halfway through when a nuclear bomb's about to explode. Again, this this episode is not a good episode for that whole fact of the nuclear bomb going off because we literally will have a scene with uh, Palmer sitting down having a vodka and tonic <laughs> while he's, um, you know, like, we'll get to that. But, um... Yeah, like, I like the Mason scene. It's nice. As you said, character development. It's kind of like, we kind of like this guy now. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can't help but like him, even though, again, he literally was about to do a runner, like, about like eight hours ago. Um, but, yeah, like, it's a, such a cheesy line, though. We're going to get dinner after a nuclear bomb. I want Michelle to be like, Tony, like, disrespectful. Like, we've got to stop a nuclear bomb. I'm putting you up for sexual harassment. Like, <laughs> There's like bodies of like 34 CTU employees around them still. That bomb went off. Like this is the plane crash from season one. They had a bomb in their building with 30 people dead. And they're just like, hey, so uh, I'll get dinner and a movie. I'll let you choose. Um, But the the one thing that I excuse it is that I just love these two as a couple. Yeah. Um, And we get it. Like there's one scene in this season with these two kind of finally getting it on, which... I'll nominate for a top five moment. It made my top 24, 24 moments of all time. It's um, the moment that turns me around on Tony. Oh, I'd turn around on. <laughs> Never mind. The hobo, the hobo, man. Hobo, hobo the in hobo a Hobo with a B. Hobo with a shotgun. Um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make the movie that's a play on that title. <laughs> hobo with a shotgun. Oh, can I shoot you? Um, <laughs> You know, in the episode I recorded with Noah earlier tonight, which people won't hear for months, by the way, but uh, I made Hitler references and talked about people in wheelchairs, and tonight I'm making uh, homo <laughs> comments. Not a good night for Ben Waterworth with recording. Um, but, yeah, that's 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 about it. I don't think um, there was anything else to add. I, th- I think the only thing that really bothered me of this, and it was more a thing of network television at the time, uh, you have these workplace shows, like you don't have these private lives that happen outside. You only follow CTU. So there's, there's pretty much this need where the writers have to, if they're going to write in any type of love story, which I don't know why you need that in a show like 24, but every TV show needs that, especially in 2002, 2003. Uh, You have to have these two characters at work hooking up. And had this not been done in every single show prior to this, it probably wouldn't have bothered me so much. I think ER was the one that really killed this for me because what really worked about ER in the early seasons is that we did get some of the private lives on the side. You know, uh, Anthony Edwards had a wife and a child. And then the show just evolved into, well, we got eight male doctors in the show, eight female doctors. Let's make it The Bachelor. You're with you and you're with him and he's with her. I wouldn't agree with that. It's just, no. it's just all, all network shows just became soap operas. And, and in reality, you don't really, this sounds weird considering, you know, I met my wife at work, but in reality, <laughs> you don't have where. <laughs> I hate these office romances. <laughs> They're stupid. They're not believable and dumb. Where did you meet your wife, Colin? Oh, at work. In all fairness, I think I'd moved on from the company uh, at a certain point. Did I move on from your wife? 
<laughs> Judging how my marriage ended, it was over a workplace relationship, so I'm not exactly keen on them either. Colin? Oh, yeah. Well, then maybe you should agree with me. I don't know. It's I do I, agree I just, with you. I'm, I'm, I'm anti-workplace relations, but I don't agree <laughs> on your ER comments. That's, that's a bit below the belt. Oh, come on. How many doctors hook up with how many doctors? Like, you name none of one them- bad couple on ER, though. You tell me. If it's, it's bad and it doesn't make sense. But all the couples, the great most iconic couples on that show, George Clooney and Juliana Margar- Margarita, whatever her name is. Like, <laughs> you talk about Anthony. I mean, come on. Dr. Green and Dr. Corday. I mean, I want to see Alex Kingston and, and Anthony Edwards getting it on. I mean, Alex Kingston with anybody, that's going to work. No, Wiley Kingston. and Moratini? Like, that's hot no, girl. He's no, and Moratini? I, I mean, again, you can't blame him, but it's just... Uh, it, What's it's wrong with much... that love triangle? The, the Noah... <laughs> uh, the Noah. The Noah Wiley. Just call him Noah. The color... Noah got a date! <laughs> Noah told me a fun story on Lost about it not getting a date. So, um... Was well, that off air? Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> They won't listen to this. Well, now it's all everybody good. knows. Everybody knows six months. Noah from literally now. got rejected by a woman on the phone. So I mean, it just said fit. It fit in well. Spoiler <laughs> shit, Noah. Uh, Noah's going to kill me. You sound kind of racist to me. I'm going to have to take a hard pass. Uh, anyways, that's. It's just. It's just how every TV show did it. It's uh, ER. It's simply because of how many characters they have, not necessarily how bad it's handled. But it's. I just want to see people have their own lives outside of work. <laughs> it's too much to ask anyway. But here, I I, I like it better. It's so frustrated. If I didn't meet this woman at work, I would have had my own life out of work. Now she's with me all the time. I've got kids. Ah! You can hear them right now. Like, come on. This is what you're in for, Tony and Michelle. <laughs> the first thing Colin sense. says to me when we go to the call today, oh, too many kids are awake. Like... <laughs> Fucking hell, Jamie, why did I meet you at my office job? <laughs> I've never. Anyways. Have I ever been involved with anybody I've worked with? Noah. No. No, well, I mean, no. Oh, like I've, I mean, does texting count? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Well, that's just I'm not a very appealing man. So Yeah, well, apparently neither is Noah. I can't get a date. <laughs> Other people get relationships at work when they're with me, so I mean that's fine. But <laughs> let's move on from workplace relationships. This is turning sour. Uh, all right, so the Palmer drama. Uh, there's going to be a big reveal on the end of this, but there's going to be a bigger reveal at the end of the episode. Uh, so we get the press conference. This is Sherry's rewritten speech. <laughs> this press conference. Oh my god. <laughs> I will say this is a good way to spin. It's basically the same is thing. It? That, I well, I don't know why it took Sherry to make this speech because all he really says is exactly what he told the very guy who's breaking this story, Wheeland or whatever, we get dozens of threats a day. And that's basically says, yes, there is a threat, but we get a dozen of these a day. It's the exact same thing he said earlier, but it's enough that you buy that they're going to stop sniffing around at this point. I don't uh, at all. I think you're wrong. Like, like he's literally just had the esteemed Ron Whelan come out and be like, I've been detained by the president because I've got this threat by Foreign terrorists, blah, blah, blah. Palmer just comes out and goes, yeah, we get these all the time. <laughs> it's all good. We're on top of it. Lol. Back to life. Like, and can we just point out, I, I, if I'm a journalist and I'm on CNN or Fox News, I'm playing this clip in six hours' time when the nuclear bomb goes off. Palmer yeah. should be, like, impeached. Like, it's seriously. He's like, oh, that Rod Wheeler, that Joker. Oh, oh, oh hang on. 
beep beep. Oh, Osama bin Laden, gonna kill you today. Lol. See, look, got another one, folks. He's just enough. He's terrible because, like, how the hell can he spin this that he has detained a journalist for, like, five hours over him? Like, any journalist with a smart Me, dumb Ben Waterworth, as a journalist, would be like, hmm, he's saying they get them every day. He's on top of it. But why did he detain this guy for five hours? Because he had a threat. Makes no sense. Oh, well, <laughs> president's truthful. He's got a good relationship with the press, remember? Let's go back to our other dumb stories for the day. I think it's terrible. Uh, I, I think the, the the solid point you raised there is the detaining him. I hadn't thought. I, I'm thinking in terms of, okay, a bomb's going to go off. You say, listen, we get these all the time. It's, it's also stupid that this is if this is what it was going to take to get the press to shut up you could have just let Whelan re- leak the story because this is the exact same thing you told him but the detaining thing solid point there so good job but that, well uh, you you just raise a brilliant point if that's all he's going to say why do you detain ron the whole thing yeah, was exactly. like i'm going to go to air and say that there's a threat palmer should have just been like we get him every day over breakfast go for it mate yeah. like he did say that to him before <laughs> but like why was this like You've just basically made that a whole plot hole because it's mm-hmm. dumb. You you create drama. This goes to show how inept he is as a president. He detained him for this reason. Oh, he, like, you need to make that storyline where Ron Whelan is literally like, I've received 90% confirmed reports that a nuclear bomb is like, have him say the specifics. All Ron Whelan says is like, I've heard reports that there's a threat and I'm going to tell him on air. Yeah. Palmer says the same thing here. <laughs> like, you have detained this guy for no reason. You you just made it even worse. <laughs> I do like, though, the, the response of it's not exactly the Gettysburg Address, but it'll buy us time. <laughs> Dick Palmer then to his wife, or his ex-wife, who like 10 minutes earlier was like, this is better, Sherry. Good work. Oh, it's not the Gettysburg Address, but it'll do. <laughs> well, of course, he did think it was Lynn's speech. So maybe he found well, out it was Sherry. Where is Lynn angry. this week? Where is she? Yeah, she just disappeared. And and she's gone for one hour and Palmer's hot for another woman, his, she, his ex-wife. She's going to get some dinner. <laughs> exactly. I know the there's a nuclear bomb eating. going off today, sir, but man, I've got a hankering for Wendy's. <laughs> uh, I, I also love him going, what's the situation with Bauer? Like, he's still being held hostage. Yes, we know. That was approximately two minutes ago <laughs> in the show's time. You watch these episodes back to back and it's just like, okay, okay where's Bauer? All right. Uh, he's still being held hostage. Okay. So, Wieland, <laughs> check uh, Bauer. Bauer, how about him? I told you, still being held hostage. Oh, right. <laughs> God, just got to check that thing off. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Stanton uh, and Mike and Sherry, this is the whole episode. It's just, it's actually really confusing. Like, I now I feel like Ben, like, I'm the dumb one. Like, I can't figure out what's going on here. They figure out this whole NSA thing um, from Jack. Jack calls him. Well, he calls him on the phone from the helicopter, yelling very loudly. I'm yeah. thinking if you put that on speakerphone, you wouldn't have to yell. <laughs> It'd be so well, much easier. I, I'm also just calling this out. I've been on a helicopter. You cannot have a phone call like this <laughs> on a helicopter. They are extremely loud. So, no, this is not. There, he needs to be on his headset. That would be more believable. It, it's it's not as loud as a plane crashing, in which case well, speakerphone's appropriate. True. But uh Basically, he says, okay, so there's this. We're going to find out why when we get to Jack. This episode's so hard to cover. Anyways, there's a snake tattoo. (laughs) What does a snake tattoo mean? It's a deeply buried coral snake. It's a deeply buried NSA special unit. Uh, And, oh, it's the NSA. So this means that Stanton is behind us. So we asked Stanton. Stanton's like, I don't know anything about that. 
But if I did know something about that, that it might make sense. Okay, so you do know something about it. No, no, I said I don't know something about it. It's, it's a back and forth conversation. And then we get about six scenes of David, Sherry, and Mike saying, I think we should arrest them. No, we need more evidence. Okay, let's get some evidence. Oh, gee, I found some evidence here. I still don't know what evidence they found. It's just, it's literally right there in front Who of Who left this evidence under the table? <laughs> it's right here. It's it's scribbled on a napkin. It's got Stan's signature on it. Authorizing Coral Snake. I'm evil, Roger Stan. What are the chances? <laughs> they just stumble across it. Meanwhile, they're still going through shipping reports for Reza, which actually links to the nuclear bomb. I don't even know why they're they're bothering to do this. Why not just say, everybody stop talking to Roger Stanton? They're debating about whether or not they need to arrest the man about who's leaking information to the outside. There's a nuclear bomb about to go off. Worry about who's going to you know take the fall later on. Just say, stop talking to Roger Stanton. It's in the wrong they, episode. It's in the, like, it needs to yeah. be like, because it is, it's, it's it, when you are literally hours away from a nuclear bomb going off you need to put this into context and like mm-hmm. again you've literally got to see a palmer sitting there having a drink he's poured himself a vodka or something like that but like i the thing that just the ineptness of ineptness of palmer he gets off like jack's all like yes i saw a dead body it had a snake like that looks like a pretty common snake jack yeah. like i mean <laughs> unless it said like i need to literally be tattooed i'm a member of cobra of coral snake or whatever like yeah he's just gone <laughs> Hmm. Signed Roger looks- Stanton on the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like that snake on those arms of those people that recruited me like 20 years ago. <laughs> Better tell the president. Like, I like I know Jack's our hero. Jack's always right. Again, the whole trope, if, if this everyone listened to Jack, this show would be called 12, not 24. Like, ha, ha, ha. But, like, literally, Jack's like, hey, Mr. President, how you doing? Thanks for, you know, that. And we'll get to Jack, but, like, the whole tension of end last week is ended in two seconds by a really dumbness that, like, oh, Jack's fine. Um, But, like, Jack's just like, hey, Mr. President, thanks for the whole save me, all that sign of things, great. So, uh, saw a snake tattoo, uh, no cause for alarm, possibly evil, maybe the Americans might be involved. I do remember they might be involved. I think it was the NSA, can't really remember, but just thought I'd let you know, bit suspicious, but uh, anyway, and Palmer's like, God damn it, he's evil, arrest him! <laughs> like, and they're like, uh, why? Because Jack Bauer told me to! This is a guy, sir, that like 10 hours ago was, I don't care! Jack Bauer's always like, Palmer's kind of doing what everyone should do and listen to Jack Bauer, but like, why doesn't Bauer call up CTU first? Why is his first point of call the president? Yeah. Like, the president is busy. Stop, he's not really that busy. He's trying to find evidence. But like, <laughs> he should be busy stopping a nuclear bomb. Again, 9-11. Let's say there was a Jack Bauer in the FBI. Like, is, is Jack Smiggins, we're going to get there eventually. <laughs> Jack like, Smiggins. Is, is Jack Smiggins, like, walking around, like, Washington and going, hmm, there's no planes in the sky, but I see one and it might be flying to the Pentagon. Oh, my God. Get me, Bush. Like, yeah. no, he's going to be, like, calling the local authorities and the FBI and this person and that person. He's not calling Bush directly. Like, it's kind of, you know. Anyway, it's just, I love Palmer. Don't get me wrong. Great president on TV, sort of. But when you analyse these episodes, not really that great of a president. Well, also, he's got this little thing with Lynn going on, maybe going on or whatever. He hates Sherry's guts. And all of a sudden, Sherry does something smart. She figures out how to open these files. She opens a socket so she can figure out that Stanton's the guy behind all this all. Oh, she's opened up plenty of sockets this episode. 
well, now, now all of a sudden he's stroking her. It's like, good to have you back, Sherry. <laughs> Why does he suddenly get horny for her out of nowhere? I mean, the, the reason the writers, you know, would excuse this for is because, well, we're about to drop a bomb with Sherry, which by the way, she calls up Roger Stanton. Stanton, he knows about us. <laughs> don't tell which, him my name. <laughs> don't say I anything don't, about me. I, one thing I don't like about the writing in this episode is the fact that you go like too quick with the reveal that Sherry's like involved somehow. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you've literally like build this up more. Like it's not sh- like as a viewer, we know enough about Sherry, the implications of Sherry, you and I, as we debunked most of them last season, she's not actually evil. I mean, she's literally the one in this episode. It's like, uh, you're jumping a bit fast there. Should we really arrest him? Don't you need evidence? And Mike's one's like, damn it, Palmer. Yes. Let's arrest that man. And she was like, uh, guys back up a little bit here. Let's, let's get a little thing called, evidence um but then like you just kind of you got this nice little scene and you're kind of like oh well maybe sherry's okay literally like two minutes later dun, 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 she's working with stanton like she must be evil like you just it's too quick you don't need yeah. to go that quick well and also the, the way they do reveal it's, it's it's very mustache twirling what's the female equivalent of mustache twirling um, I was gonna say something. Fuck it, pubes twirling. Um, <laughs> pubes twirling. Very pube twirling. I'm sure he's like, <laughs> yeah. And and like this Sherry is kind of gonna. Pubes. I, I don't know. This is kind of gonna amount to nothing. It's it's not. <laughs> I got a visual there. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm, would Sherry but shave? <laughs> we're still trying to get her on the show. That's gonna be our first. Not question. now. Does first... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not going to hey, be Kenny. Kenny Johnson, to the work. First question: Do you shave? Uh... <laughs> Do the carpets match the drapes? <laughs> oh, she's not bald. <laughs> um, so... it's, it's just oh. I. I, 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 I bush. hate this reveal. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why do we say these things? We don't group me in. You're on the show. You're involved. Penny's not going to talk to me now. We had a shot. Hey, I got all the bullshit after the world's apart preview episode that I did the wrong thing. <laughs> about time I drag other people down with me. <laughs> talking about Penny Johnson Gerald's pubes. Colin, that's disgusting. <laughs> show her some respect. Show her respect. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I don't like the reveal here, and it's it's not really going to amount to that much because, well, guess what? She's coming back next season. <laughs> it's not going to be uh, a lot. Uh, we won't spoil next season, but yeah, this it, it doesn't really go anywhere, does it? It kind of does. Like it, it gives Sherry a purpose for being there. It gives a little no. bit of drama, but it's not a big story. She, the thing I will say that I don't mind with what they do with her is that it's just, it's kind of mysterious. So when we get to like the whole second half and the whole mystery and the kind of what will happen after the bomb goes off, um, I kind of like how she's tied to it and she remains mysterious. And then like right at the end of this season, she becomes integral to what will happen at the end. And yeah. she kind of still toes that line where it's, she, the, the great thing about the character of Sherry is she always toes that line. Is she good? Is she bad? And, mm-hmm. and we kind of said last year, last season, again, she's not really that bad. Like, yeah. and even with the stuff that happens this season, and even next season, I will still be like, kind of not that bad. Like <laughs> she's power hungry, but like, and like this is the thing. I think we talked about it last season. We'll talk about it now. I think this is just a female character thing. Like they're just if this was a male character, 
we're not mm-hmm. jumping down a throat that she's evil or he's evil. Like we're not. Like this is, and this is the a period, of the time that we were in at the time. You're not going to have a female character like this now. Like it's just, it's kind of cliche to kind of just have the almost like manipulative woman. Like oh, mm-hmm. she's got to be evil, and you, you, it's not right. Like this is why I think it's it's unfair that Sherry's character get this character Sherry gets hated because if this was a male character. You're not hating on Sherry. Like, you're not. Yeah, well, and really, she's no more questionable than a lot of the other characters. Like Mason. <laughs> Mason's, Mason's got, what, $134,000 sitting in a bank account? Like, yeah. Apart, Mason well, is being and let, and let, again, let's villain. be honest. Jack isn't exactly Mr. Innocent. Like, Jack oh, yeah. does shit that is very questionable. So, like, and this is the thing. Like, the, and this is where... I don't often buy into this whole, like, oh, if it was a man, if it was a woman, it would be different. This is one of those things to me where it is clear as yeah. day that if Sherry was a male character, this would be looked at completely but- differently. People only think she's evil. I mean, this was around Survivor time when Jerry Manthe was the worst woman on television. <laughs> Go back and watch it now. She does nothing wrong, Jerry Manthe. Yeah. Leave Jerry alone. But but is part of this, though, not even so much a male-female thing but a Nina-Sherry thing? When you have one character that is a traitor that is so strongly a villain where they want you to believe and and you're right in thinking she's a terrible person, you have another character that that's, you're always questioning because that is this thing. It's towing the line. So even though we don't really ever get to that point where she's revealed as Anina, they're always planting those seeds. So it's like the, it's like the Tony thing. It's like, Michelle, I'm afraid that you might be a terrorist as well, just like my last girlfriend. The audience is almost thinking that a little bit. They're like, well, is Sherry the next Nina? One thing I just realized, Sherry and Jerry around early 2000s. What was it with characters on TV? It is. um, Not really evil, but people hate them. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but, like, at the same time, there's no questioning that Nina is evil. And I think that you're meant to hate Nina, but people don't, like, fans don't really hate Nina. People like Nina because she's kind of this. They love her. Like, they love her because she's a cool sort of, like, villain. And, like, that's what's great about her character. Whereas Sherry, I've never really seen kind words about the character of Sherry ever. And even when they used to do that Jump the Shark website back when it was good, um, like, a lot of people would say Sherry was a reason why, like, a lot of the time this show was Jumping the Shark because they just couldn't stand her. And I don't think that's fair because we're pointing out so many flaws in the character of David that, you know, David is a likable guy, he's a big teddy bear and all that sort of stuff. But, like, if we analyse the ineptness of Sherry versus David, David is way more inept. He oh, is yeah. so, so far inept. And, again, if roles are reversed, if Sherry is the manipulative husband and David is the female president, again, I guarantee you that we're on team David and Sherry's, mm-hmm. you know, terrible. Like, and this is the thing. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you're kind of right. Like, it's kind of... And it's also just hanging on. Like we said that about like season one, you got to hang on to it. And big problem with this season is again, that they bring Sherry and Nina in too quickly. Um, Whereas like, it should be about now that you bring them in. We're 10 episodes in, bring them in now. And I'm pretty sure from next season, uh, I think Nina comes in. This is Nina's last episode of this season, spoiler alert. Uh, But she doesn't come into a lot later next season from memory. Or is it that much later? It's a couple more It's in the second act. Uh, so she was in the fifth episode of this season and she comes in at like episode nine in next season. Whereas Sherry, I think she comes in quite early next season, but she doesn't last as long in the season from memory next season. So yeah. Anyway. See, one of my reasons for thinking that it's, it's the expectation of, Oh, this character is going to be like Nina. Oh, she's going to be a villain. You're just constantly teasing that. So you're expecting you're going to hate her. 
it's very similar to my reaction to Tony, uh, where, as I said, it's going to take until we get a moment later on with Tony and Michelle, where I really bought Tony, because even though I knew, okay, he's not that red herring from the first half a dozen or more episodes in season one, we know he's not the villain. There's still just something that you're, they, they teased to the audience. You're not going to like this guy. We want you to think that he's going to be a villain and you can never get, it's very hard to get that out of your head. So I think that is one of the things with Sherry is that because this character's entire purpose is, oh, how bad is she? Oh, what's she going to do? You don't trust her. It's very hard. It takes a long time to actually switch that off in the audience where suddenly they are a hero. Spoiler alert. And it's kind of interesting what they do with Sherry and Nina is they basically bring them in essentially the same time of each season. So Nina got brought in episode five this season. Sherry gets brought in episode six. And so next season, Sherry gets brought in in episode 10. Nina gets brought in in episode nine. The difference is, is that, again, slight spoiler alert, Sherry will disappear for, uh, like, she's only in a few more episodes and she disappears for, like, six episodes and she's in the final four episodes of this season. Although similar to next season, she comes for, like, six, seven episodes, disappears for, like, four and then comes back for, like, three. So... Yeah, that's the difference between Sherry and Nina. But they kind of return essentially the same time and are in it for about the same time. Mm-hmm. But um, but again, that that's you can I don't know if they're doing that deliberately to like, hey, we're gonna bring Sherry and Nina in around about the same time. Mm-hmm. But like again, like play it off differently. Like get rid of Nina, and then all of a sudden, oh, Sherry's yeah. back. You know. Yeah. If you yeah. had done the Nina story arc, and then the Nina story arc wraps up this week, and this is the one where Sherry's introduced, then Mm. I think it does work better. So you're on to some. Ben, you're smarter than you look. You're clever than you look. Better than being clever than you are. (laughs) Uh, Clever than you are. What's that line? (laughs) You're not even even clever enough to remember the line. (laughs) From Die Another Day. From Die Another Day. I'm not remembering a quote from my fifth favorite Bond (laughs) film. Sixth favorite? Sixth favorite. Uh, we're going to do the Jack and Kate stuff here and then leave the Reza and Marie stuff last. Why? I don't know. Maybe something's mm. going to happen with Reza and Marie. Oh, yeah, I've uh, seen it. Jack, um, uh, th- this I love. The the way that this plays out because we had that incredible cliffhanger. Yeah, we have that incredible cliffhanger on the end of the last episode. Now, it doesn't happen too quickly, maybe, but the audience is 100% expecting it. There's no way Jack's getting out of this. And it's this mind game thing where the characters think of something that the audience doesn't because Nina, as I said, the whole thing about you're going to pardon me for the future murder of Jack Bauer. And I said how much I love Nina's mind games and Nina's self-preservation that she always has, where she just figures out I'm going to do no matter what, I'm going to kill this guy. So I'm the only one with the information. I'm going to hold Jack Bauer hostage until I get a pardon for the future murder of him. Uh, And you think there's no way Jack's going to get out of this. And what does Jack do when the episode starts? I'm going to get up and walk away (laughs) because what's she going to do? She's going to kill you anyways. So it makes total sense. And, you know, obviously Nina ends getting caught. I wish they dragged this out maybe over half an episode instead of half of a scene because it's sort of over five minutes in. So again, if somebody were to watch these back to back, it is sort of like, oh, well, that tension died very quickly. But I like that it's smart on Jack's part, just like it was smart on Nina's part. She gets hit by a sniper. um, And this is where Jack sees the tattoo. Uh, And also another thing that, again, the audience isn't quite thinking about it. What are we going to do with Nina? Put her in LA. We'll sweat her a little bit more. If, if the bomb's <laughs> going to go off, we still have something we can get out of her. Obviously, we're not going to get anything else out of her. But I just love when the, the characters do something where you're this. This is smarter than I gave them credit for. Yeah, like 
I I like the resolution because again, you're right. Like you know, Jack's not going to you know thing. But like this is where this storyline is so rushed. Like this needs to be a whole episode in itself because you get this great scene last episode. You know, the, we talked it up and everything. Literally, I time this at a minute ten. Like so, this is at the four minute mark of the episode when she's free when she's shot. But, like, literally at the 2 minute 49 mark, we get to see Nina here with a gun. We get a little line about, like, you killed my wife. I had to. She had information. You killed all those people in the building. I didn't I blow up the building. <laughs> the, the, they, they were your friends. Shut up, Jack. Like, well, Nina gets personal that she killed some of her friends. Like, not Larry from fucking maintenance or something like that. But, like, it is an, a minute and ten scene to which should be like a whole dragged out thing. Like I want to see these two having a speech. I want to see them like dragged out more, more tension involved. And like, I like this episode for the tension. Cause I think kind of what we're going to get with the Jack stuff is tension field and the Marie and Kate stuff and everything in this episode. But this just like, I just don't like how quickly this is literally resolved within four minutes of this episode started. You're like, well, Jack's fine on with the story. And like, we don't see Nina again. And, like, that's kind of, that just annoys me because you build it up. This is Nina Myers, the Nina Myers, the big plot line of last season being the traitor and kill Jack's wife. She's just whisked away and forgotten about. And I'm kind of with you with the whole line of, like, put her in L.A., but, like, at the same time, it's like Palmer's a dick and then Mike is also just, like, evil Bond villain pube-twirling moustache guy here because Palmer's <laughs> like, put her in L.A., she can be there when the bomb goes off. A, Palmer, stop the bomb, don't let it go off, and B, Mike's like, maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. He's got this, like, evil look at his face, oh, that'll show her. Uh, One thing I will slightly praise Palmer for is doesn't renege on all the deals. Like, if I'm Nina, I'm a bit like, I've got a presidential pardon, I can kill you. This isn't fair. Like, Nina should be going to the press. Like this president shit, he let me, we're gonna let me kill someone, and now he's not gonna let me. Like, does Nina like technically just always have this? Is this like Double Jeopardy? Have you ever seen that movie Double Jeopardy? Yeah, I have. Good movie, cheesy but good. Where it's like, and if people don't know what that is, it's like you can't be charged with the same crime twice. So in that movie, Ashley Judd is accused of killing her husband, so she goes to jail. Spoiler alert. Husband's not dead. He faked it. So, therefore, she can't be charged with the same crime twice. So, she can now kill her husband. Fair enough. So the future like, murder of her husband. Exactly. So, like, Palmer's all like, I'll go through with the deal, right? Like, can she not just be like in the future? Oh, hi, Jack. Bang. Oh, I'm fine. Sorry. Officers can't be arrested. He's Palmer. He said it. I recorded it. Um, I do. we got to talk about the scene, surely, though, when Jack whispers in Nina's ear here. Like. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about it now. So, uh, trivia for this. Uh, we, we we never got to the bottom of the Leslie Hope thing. Maybe the fourth or fifth time she comes on the show. Uh, <laughs> we'll finally ask her, is it something similar to this? But uh, when Jack is whispering in Nina's ear, the line he was supposed to say is, I will hunt you down for the rest of your life. What Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland did to get a reaction out of her is he whispered in here, Sarah, I love you. Why did you marry Xander Berkeley? <laughs> Which, it's hilarious rewatching this scene because, like, Kiva's just doing it so seriously so you can believe it's the, I will hunt you down and I will find you. And the way Sarah Clark, like, reacting so seriously, but knowing that he's literally going, like, I want to fuck you. Why did you marry Xander? Like, it's just, and she's just like, what? Like, maybe this is, like, legitimately there's some stuff going off set and Sarah Clark's going, why did I marry Xander? I could have Kiva. <laughs> like, that's what she's reacting to. It's just hilarious. 
the rest of the Jack storyline really intersects with uh, intersects what intersects intersects intersects. That, that's the I in LGBTQTI, right? Like I didn't know Jack was intersex. Good for him. Twirling your pubes. Um. Anyways, it intersects. <laughs> homo in a homo. <laughs> Apologies to all our LGQBTI. Is that right? Uh, community <laughs> listeners. <laughs> QRSTUV, WXY, and Z. Community. Um, apologies. I. Uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so. I listen to uh, Madonna. I'm one of you. He is. He definitely is. <laughs> it's not even just the Madonna. Trust us. Uh, anyway, so the, the Kate stuff where she's being held hostage and Sayadali gives up very quickly. Oh, this Paul is here terrible. is in a bag where he's like, you know what? Kill her. I, I like just the coldness of Sayed Ali saying kill her. But then his henchman here, which he just leaves it to the henchman. Uh, and then the henchman's like, no, let me do it. I'm going to get pleasure out of this. And he's like, please tell me. Did you tell anybody about it? Come on. I want to show off to my boss. And this then he's going to torture from her. Another day. I'll use a laser. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to pierce her ears. Like we have watched in the last episode, a man's genitalia get grinded we're seeing body parts in garbage bags in a bathtub and now we get the vicious scene where he pokes her earlobe something so vicious so torturous that later in the episode she has to hold a cloth to her ear for approximately 10 seconds and hey, this is a- that was torturous for a white woman from Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, Pasadena white women's greatest fear. To have my ears poked by an what is, Islamic is, terrorist. Isn't that what Tony said before? Like, what does this connection have to do with a white family from Pasadena? <laughs> <laughs> They're white after all. <laughs> I hope you meet a girl. Maybe she's from Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> you leave Brendan Fraser out of this, Tony. <laughs> But, like, I don't get the, like, this guy is so determined. I was almost on board with his henchman when he's like, no, 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 no. you're going to tell me. I'm going to torture you. But then it's the world's worst torture. We have seen things a hundred times more vicious than this in the last episode. And he pokes her ear. And then he's like, all right, she didn't tell me anything. I'm going to kill her. Sexist torturer. If that was a man, you'd be grinding his dick off. If it's a woman, I'm going to slightly piss your ear. Yeah, exactly. Grind her ear. Do something. I... I like. I feel like I'm complaining more about this episode, and it doesn't reflect my rating. But um, like this is what annoyed me about last week when I'm like, when say it's like she has no information, killer, and it's like <gasps> plot twist, and then it's like the final five minutes. So like, Sayadali's just gone off for a smoke. Speaking of smokes, I forgot to mention in the Kim storyline. I love it when the cops are dragging out Miguel and uh, Kim from the cop. You just got random shot of cop having a smoke. Like I like that guy. Get him on the show. Um, but like Sayadali comes in and he's all like. I thought I told you to kill her. I'm evil. I'm Sayadali. And basically he's just like, oh, but what if she's not telling the truth? Sayadali should be offended by that. Like, he's like, are you saying that I couldn't get the information out of her? Like, it kind of just takes him down a couple of notches as an evil prick. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, if that's like um, Darth Vader, like with, with uh, Lando Carizian. This was a part of the Are you saying you're being treated unfairly? Like, yeah. like that. Like, that's that line there. Like, suddenly he's like, I thought I told you to queue. Oh, but what if you didn't get the information? You're right. Go on to pray. Lol. See ya. Bye. Like, and then it's just, it's, it's terrible because, like, he just spends 10 minutes monologuing before he's just like, I've got my scalpel. And she's like, oh, no, not the scalpel. <laughs> not the, not the scalpel. No. Puts a puncture in her ear. But again, at the same time, 
fucking white girl from Pasadena. <laughs> I've been tortured. <laughs> like, well, they on. even say later on, like after, I mean, here, let's just flash forward here. Jack rescues her. I, I do like, though, the terrace. Again, when characters are putting things together in their head, uh, where he's like, you know what? They're not negotiating, but they stop firing. That means they don't care if you die. Uh, you could have dragged that out a little bit longer, too. But uh, it's, it's at least a clever thing that this guy does. And from there, he, Jack's going to basically say, no, no, no. It's going to be hard for this woman, but I need to talk to her. Bring her down here. What's going to be hard? She got kidnapped. She had her ear poked. And you're like, oh, this woman's been through enough, okay? Well, <laughs> She's white. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. But she also did see a guy brutally tortured and, like, hacked up in front of her. Like, I mean, well, I don't know how true. often that happens to you. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I can't imagine if I saw that, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> that guy was a dick. What do you need to know, Jack? But, but of course we do get Daniel Day Kim here. Yay! Agent Baker. Baker! Uh, now, now, I think the timelines match up here because this is a character that we're going to see sporadically or throughout the next few seasons. Uh, I'm guessing this would have been another Aaron Pierce, somebody who they just bring in every season if it weren't for loss, because... Does it the season four of 24 debut the same year as the first season of Lost? Uh, yeah, it would have. Yeah, because that, okay, that's so, when they and they sorry, that I think that's when they move was season four the first one they moved though. That was um done in the because it used to be a summer show, yeah, and they 2001. It to so season four was 2004 or, or yeah. early 2005. So yeah, he would have been under contract for Lost at that point, yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he's in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes this season, and only three next season. But he's also, I, and I remember actually, he's in the game. You can play with Baker in the. I don't think you play as Baker, but he's definitely in the game. A character in the game. Yeah, um, I I do like the scene here where the henchman uh, is taken down, and he he's instantly convulsing. Jack, he's going to convulse now. We've all seen movies, so we know. Oh, cyanide capsule. But I love that Baker here. Gets close to his face. What does he sniff? And he's like, it's cyanide. It's, <laughs> I know it's cyanide, such, but I smell it. <laughs> this is the one thing that annoys me, though, about... I, was, I wrote this down. I'm glad you brought it up. Because, like, this is just such a movie TV thing. Every single time somebody's frothing at the mouth, there's always got to be some Johnny-come-lately goes, cyanide. Like, we know. Like, I mean, like, that's generally what you happens. And like, But I love how Baker's like... I've been watching him the whole time. He must have had it in his mouth. Again, I've seen yeah. enough Bond movies to know that you've got a capsule under your tooth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Silver did it wrong. But, like, I just, there's always one. I just want one movie and TV show to find a guy or a girl, froth under the mouth, and not be like, hmm, cyanide. Like, fucking <laughs> no duh, Freddy. Like, come on. Well, how about they storm in here? They take him out. The first thing they do is say, search his molars. I want to know if he has cyanide. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You could have had an allergic it's, reaction to Daniel. Maybe he's racist. It's like, yeah. ah, Korean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also love the Baker's giving him chest impressions. I'm sorry, that's not going to work without the mouth to mouth. So you're not. There's no point in even trying. Give him mouth to mouth, Baker. What are you scared of, yeah. cyanide? <laughs> Just a little cyanide, Baker. Does that like? I don't know. You've never taken cyanide. You're alive. But like, <laughs> is that how quickly cyanide works? Like, is that a thing? Maybe I don't know. I'm, let's try it. Let's find out. <laughs> sure. Next next week on the Oz Network, Ben and Colin have cyanide. <laughs> uh, I like the, the the Jack and Kate scene. They do have. I mean, they were they're clearly attempting to or planning to go somewhere with Jack and Kate that sort of goes somewhere, <laughs> maybe on eh, off screen. Does it? But like you could tell that's the plan from right here in the beginning because their whole scene is like 
hello, miss. <laughs> he stroke your arm. Poor blonde woman. Uh, like he's very sympathetic towards her when he's not sympathetic. Anybody else would be like, I want you to grill this woman immediately. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Finish the torture that this man started. Yeah. Kind of uh, a lawyer. Because- Why? Oh, you're white. As close as you can. Well, like, let's think about this. They have found her in the vicinity of the main terrorist they're looking for, where another man that she hired is dead, but she's only got a poke. It's like those things where you're trying to, you know, stage a crime scene. So, I don't know, you shoot yourself in the one spot where nobody's going to die, right? Oh, everybody else has a bullet through the head, but you're shot, I don't know, in your shin. It's just one of those suspicious things. They find her here with a poked hole in her ear. They should immediately be thinking, she's one of them. Like, we're not getting anything out of Bob. We're not getting anything out of Reza. It Let's must be, be honest. The, the racist woman. Come on, it's uh, CTU and that are just racist and sexist because at the end of the day, they never suspect the blonde uh, white woman, do they? And what, how's that going to work out for them at yeah. the end of this episode? <laughs> so um, we now know that racial profiling, oh, they're <laughs> blonde and white and from Pasadena with boobs. Like, I mean, she's all good. But I've got to say one thing, though. The, the, Sarah Winter and Keeper Sutherland, have some great chemistry. Like they there's do, just something yeah. about the way these two interact in this episode. And I really like, I, I, I really like, like, not that I've never not liked Kate. We're pointing out that Kate's dear old racist Kate, but like, <laughs> this is where like, this is really starting to get interesting. Cause I just love the moment where Jack's just like, we need to, we need to, we need you. Like, we don't yeah. know what he looks like. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well, and th- she basically says here, cause they're thinking this guy who's dead must be Syed Ali. And she's yeah. the one who says, no, no, no. Racial profile. The other, guy. <laughs> the other guy is Syed Ali. Uh, she has a revelation. Before I get to the revelation here, uh, well, the, the the preceding moment to a revelation, uh, I love when Jack comes out to talk to her. He walks past, and she's about 10 feet from the door. He walks past Baker, who's guarding the door. Now, after he talks to Kate, he's like, Baker, Baker, on the radio. <laughs> Baker is standing 10 feet behind you. We saw him at the beginning of the scene. He pops up. Yes, Jack. Yeah, he's just right, right well, behind him. Jack, Jack, I'm right here. Can I can I also just like one thing too before you get to this scene? Again, Jack has not been reinstated as an agent. He is still a civilian. We just needed one scene where Mason was like, you're back to full status pending inquiry at midnight tonight or something like that. But like they've been on this plane, uh, the helicopter. How convenient that they're only like 15 minutes away. Can we just point that out? Like they were in the middle of fucking whoop whoop before and they're all present. This is where we're going down. They were in the suburbs of LA. It took them 15 minutes to get from the desert to like a suburb of LA. Um, And also, luckily they got on a helicopter with full CTU gear. Like he's got the bulletproof vest. He's got CTU on his back. Like what a lucky break that they had his size. Like did they just get one of the dead bodies? Should there be some holes in this with some blood on it? Oh, that was Mansfield, not Mansfield. Oh, well, put it on. Uh, uh, so at the end of this scene, uh, Kate's going to drop a little seed here, uh, a, a word she picked up on. Oh, I know Arabic. <laughs> this comes in handy now. We I live in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Like, oh, great convenience yeah. there. Now, obviously this moment where she she even mentions you know oh when marie was a teenager like why does she feel the need to mention marie right uh but when she mentions this were you cluing in at that point on a first viewing because i still didn't get it i think it happens so fast it's clever enough that when we get the reveal which by the way the reveal let's just say it uh marie's gonna come in and shoot reza she's the terrorist also another another thing i like about that scene is the one smart guy in this entire season is this guy who has Razor there at the computer for a brief moment because Razor's sitting there, come on, open the files already. And Razor's like, no, my life is done. My, my wedding's canceled. My life is flushed down the toilet. Cut me some slack. Because a nuclear bomb is about to go off. Do it. And I then love when Marie, this guy. 
Marie comes in, it's like, I just want to talk to my fiance for one minute. Okay, you got one minute. Like a nuclear bomb is going. You just said it, man. <laughs> but Marie comes in, she kills them both because what? They lived in Saudi Arabia. That must mean something. Uh, <laughs> it is such a good reveal. But here's the funny thing: I don't have this reveal ingrained in my mind. I think I have this scramble. You know, there's a scene coming up later on where uh, it's a much more sinister moment we have with Marie. It might be in one or two episodes. But when we get there, I'm gonna. For whatever reason, I remember that as happening first, where this was revealed, kind of like the Sherry thing. The Sherry thing is basically redoing Nina's reveal, where you yeah. hear somebody talking and then, oh, it's Sherry. And I, I sort of remembered Marie's reveal being weaker than this, where it was sort of revealed. There's a scene where she's in her car and she's got a wig on and stuff like that. And like, Marie's a terrorist, but that happens later. And I thought that this razor killing happened after that. So I was never at that high on Marie's reveal until now I watch back again and I realized no it was done right this way like this is one of the few reveals we get in 24 where it literally does come as a shock even though we had that Saudi Arabia comment earlier on and also the fact that she reacts kind of with sadness it's it's so good I one thing I want to talk about before I talk about my reaction to Marie that one thing that I laughed at with um Kate and I don't know if this was just the writers going oh we've made her too racist this season we'll just backtrack it's like when Jack's like what does he look like? And Kate's like, he's tall. Uh, he's got dark hair and he's wearing a black shirt with silver buttons. And Jack's like, we're looking for a Middle Eastern man. with like, <laughs> like, I want to say like, like how does Jack go? Like, is Jack the racist one there? Like, I just want, what does he look like? Well, he's an Arab. And <laughs> like, I just love how she's like doing everything in her way. Like she should be like going, well, he's tall, like winking at Jack got dark hair and he's got a black wink 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 shirt on with silver <laughs> buttons <laughs> like and then jack's like middle eastern man um <laughs> i remember watching this episode and i remember just like like, like fuck like did not see that coming at all um and that just changed the game for me i was like wow like yeah it was the first time this season that i think i was fully like Fuck, like that was almost a season one like mic drop. And I, I think it's great. Like I think, yeah, I see what you're saying with Saudi Arabia, but like I don't think there's anything that clues you into Marie at all. Mm-hmm. Like even this moment when like Razor's kind of like, oh, but no one had access to my laptop except yeah. like the way they give you barely any time to like, compute that. Exactly. And then you're like, what, what? And then all of a sudden you see it with the gun and like, I will say that, like, I actually really like this moment with um, Marie, with Laura Harris, how kind of, like, she's got the gun. Like, I was bagging out her crying the other week, but, like, this time around, like, I just like this moment where kind of, like, she's got the gun and raises, like, you know, and a great work from Philip Reese here too, just like, you mean the last, like, two years were for nothing? And just the way she's kind of, like, she's, like, you see this tear, she's just like, Razor. you're very sweet. And then just shoots him, like, because you can kind of tell she's a bit conflicted, like, She's obviously doing this. We're going to find out why she's doing this. But, like, obviously there was a part of her that maybe felt something. Um, and I just oh, I just love it. Like, I love this reveal. This is going to bump this up, this episode alone, just because of this. Like, I love it. I, I, I haven't marked it as a top five. I don't think it will mark as a top five. But um, Yeah, it won't hold up. But it's it's really good. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's because it really is a moment where you're like, wow, okay. Um but, yeah, because, like, I think that, like, as much as I said some of the writing in this episode is pretty bad, this is pretty cool. Like, 
I mean, again, maybe we're as an audience, we're just racist. Oh, it's clearly the man. It's clearly the Arab. It's never going to be the white woman from Pasadena. But then all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's the white woman from Pasadena. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love the ending of this episode. I think it's great. Just one thing I quickly want to say, let's eulogize Reza. Um, I think Reza might be up there as potentially one of the best characters of the season. Uh, I'm not, not all, all around. Obviously we got Jack. Well, let's, let's say maybe all around. Cause a lot of the, the regulars on this show, uh, like David, <laughs> you know, uh, aren't exactly top of their game this season, but Reza, just the complexity of this character and what a clever idea it was to play with the audience. We talk about this in the Philip Reese interview people go back and listen to a Philip Reese interview. Great interview, both of them. especially both of them. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but this one specifically that we did, uh, you know, talking about season two, uh, it, it's such a touchy subject at this time period to label the Middle Eastern man as the terrorist. And the fact that he went into this show not knowing that it, it, basically it's on paper. Oh, this guy's going to be our terrorist. And he just sort of went in having faith. Listen, they're going to do this right. Not knowing how it was going to pay off and how well they did this. You know, what a great, uh, I guess, diversion he was as a character. Uh, I'm going to say he might be a more effective diversion than Tony was in season one. And it is the time period this is placed in. If this season had been in 2004, 2005, I don't think it works. But this being 2002, to do it like this and to tease the audience, not do it so over the top, and to have an actor who came in just having faith they're going to do it right. I mean, I give this character and this whole storyline a lot of credit. I, I would agree with you that definitely more effective than Tony. Cause I, like, I think I talked about it last season. I don't think I ever believed Tony fully was evil. I don't know. Like it was just something about it that I probably did, but I didn't at the same time. Um, I think he's, yeah, I, I agree with most part. I think he's great. I don't know if I would say he's of the, of the season. Cause like, I think he's definitely a character that is better watching once you know, he's not evil and then you can kind of see what he does. But I think the problem I have is that like, it, in those moments when they're trying to go too far to make him seem evil, like the bit when he's like taking Kate to the house and it's kind of like, oh, no, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And then, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, like I do like him and I think that kind of he works. But, I, I yeah, I, I get more out of Marie, I think, uh, as, a, as a better character just because I think it's more complex knowing that well, he's been half obviously. this season thinking that she's sweet old innocent blonde Pasadena non-terrorist. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this for those who have listened to both of our Philip Reese interviews. Uh, he's much better in 24 than he is in Nip Tuck. I mean, I like him in Nip Tuck just because he plays a completely different character. And please listen to our recaps to find out Nick's opinions of his American accent. Um, Nick, not a fan of Philip Reese's character in Nip Tuck at all. Uh, but he gets to sleep with Jolly Richardson. So that's always a positive, right? I mean... Who wouldn't want to sleep man. with? Uh, do you say what a man? What a man! Are no, you... him, him. What a man! Oh, you say Jolly Richards is a man. Like <laughs> no, 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 Vanessa no. Redgrave's daughter. Mm. What a woman! <laughs> like, come on, that's an esteemed stock family there, Jolly. Do you like Jolly Richardson? She's all right. I like Jolly Richardson. She can't moan though. I hate her moaning in Nip Tuck. Listen to that. Anyway, <laughs> I hate her um, moaning. Of all things to complain about. Oh, she seriously, cannot moan to listen save her to life. our Nip Tuck episodes. Nick and I spent a good portion of those episodes going, oh, Julia's moaning again. Like when she's like having <laughs> sex, she's got the most annoying moan. It's like, oh my God. Like I like a good moan in sex, but not that moan. Um, anyway, uh, where was I going with what I was saying? Um, yeah, Philip, 
Philip Reese is just kind of one of these actors who, like, was obviously doing quite well in the early 2000s. Not to say he's not doing well now, but, like, he obviously, I think, just doesn't... He's one of these guys who I think probably should have done better. Uh, I'm not saying he hasn't done well, but, like, as in, he deserves better. Let me rephrase Come back on the show, that. Philip. We'll give you some career advice on how you Let- <laughs> since you haven't done so well. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Like, you go from being, like... A pretty prominent character in 24, quite memorable. Pretty prominent in Nip Tuck, quite memorable. Uh, so that TV show Survivors, I don't know if you ever watched that. I watched that for about half oh, yeah. a season or a season. He was in that for quite a bit. He was doing pretty well because he's British, of course. And then went from that to being in one episode of Glee, which I don't even remember him in, <laughs> um, was in the Hypnotist Love Story. Okay, the Hypnotist Love Is that like the astronaut's wife? The hypnotist love story. Maybe. Uh, most recently appeared in an episode of Shameless. My dad watches that show. Um, so, yeah, I feel he, like, when I say he deserves better, like, he, he he's a better actor than his filmography suggests. Not saying that he's bad in everything and all these shows are bad, but, like, he should be bigger than he is. That's what I'm trying to say. He's, yeah. a, he's a nice guy and he's a good actor. And I what feel a man. He should be him. What a man. <laughs> Philip Reese. Although I never trust a person with two first names. So, you know. You really don't trust Philip Phillips, do you? Philip Phillips, <laughs> Philip Smiggins, what a man! Uh, can I one thing? Can it, I one? Had you finished on this? Were you even moving? There's one thing I had not pointed out. We've got a, I've written in my notes, which I'm desperate. Well, to say. I was just going to say that the trivia bit on this, oh. uh, which I don't know, if we might have sort of teased this earlier in the season. This bit of trivia uh, is that uh, Marie kills Reza within a minute before six p.m. And yeah. their wedding was supposed to be at 6 p.m. So she literally kills the man right before they were supposed to get married, which is an, a nice little thing they the writers threw in there. Yeah, it's my experiences with weddings. It's pretty accurate. So um, <laughs> leave that as it is. Um, I <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this down. When um, what's his face uh, NSA guy gets a phone call from Sherry and he walks into like the corridor section. What is the deal with that ugly as fuck pattern on the wall? It's like some brown and orange weird pattern in the middle of the wall of the OC bunker. It is hideous. Uh, I, I want to speak to the interior decorator of uh, the president's safe bunker in um, in wherever we are in Oregon. Like, I don't think I've ever noticed that before. It's like yellow, orange, brown, and white. And it's just, it's it's terrible. The set designer in this episode of 24, not doing too well. So uh, hello to our set designer. He's not, sure a lot of people aren't doing too well since season two of 24, apparently. Yeah, apparently well, come on, We'll give you some career advice, set designer. I'm sure he's got pubes. Or they. It could be a woman as well. We shouldn't, a woman. Like, I'm sure probably more likely a woman doing set designing. So, you know. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add? Any more trivia? No, the book was pretty boring this week. The book kind of just had the story about John Kazar, what he said on the reunion about how he shipped Michelle and Tony. Um, it tells us about uh, infrared. And uh, we mentioned, I think, last week about how Kiefer injured his legs. So that's why they did a, a thing in his legs. So he had a limp for a little bit. I do love here that it says in the book that he injured his uh, leg, injured his knee, falling out of his trailer. Uh, let's be honest, Kiefer was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on. Like, I'm not trying to buy into Kiva Sutherland's stereotypes here. Um, it's not a stereotype. I mean, every story people have told us would probably back that up, that theory. Can I just say before we talk? Oh, no, I'll, I'll save it to what we talk about next week. Sorry. I've got. I've just looked at the page for next week. Um. Anyway, yes. What are we doing with this episode, I guess? Uh, 
like I'm gonna rent it because there is some the Marie stuff's really great. The um uh the Palmer stuff is awful, the, the Kim stuff is always is awful. Jack's storyline's okay. It's really just the Marie and Reza storyline that's done so well. Uh it's a low rent for me though, but uh it is a rent. See, that's interesting. Uh very interesting. It's a rent from me, but I've got it as a high rent. I think that the Jack stuff annoys me at the beginning with how quickly Nina's gone. And again, we didn't really touch on the fact that that's it for Nina this season. That's it. Bye, Nina. Yeah. Thanks, Nina. See ya. This is like, it's it's like Armis. Like they, they rush so much stuff into yeah. the this, this series. You think you, when you rush so many storylines, you would have more time to pay things off, but they just drop everybody out of nowhere. Yeah, so that annoys me, Jack, but everything else from Jack's really good. Um, the the Marie twist at the end is the best twist we've had since uh, the twist of Nina. Um, you know, I love the Jack and Kate stuff when they're just talking to each other. I love the Mason scene. Um, yeah, but, like, the Kim stuff is terrible. The Palmer stuff is just, she's so inept. Sherry's amazing, again, pubes and all. Um, so... Yeah, I'm renting this too, but I've got this slight... So, it's my third highest rent. I've got this 21st out of 34 episodes so far. So, just below uh, episode 2 from season 1 and episode 13 from season 1. But this is now the fifth highest season 2 episode because all my four top season 2 episodes are all the bottom four buys, if that makes sense. So, I've not had a single buy from this season ahead of a buy from season 1. So... uh, yeah, but uh, no, I've got this, yeah, 20, uh, what did I say, 21st. And just quickly before you say yours, according to IMDb, this is the 23rd best episode of 24. Yeah, definitely don't agree with what? that. What? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm putting this at 24. Oh. <laughs> 24. So if I Convenient. were to build at this point a perfect day, this is the last one on there. Uh, so <laughs> it is a, it is a, the third lowest rent that I have, but... Uh, I still think there's enough good stuff in here. And I, I honestly, I, I, I'm surprised you said the Cougars next week because I still thought we were a few hours away. Is the, I thought it was dark when the Cougar comes in, but of course I last, last year it got dark over the course of about 10 seconds. So maybe well, it, it, it will, it will like, I actually thought that the Cougar was this week. I honestly thought watching this episode because how quickly Kim escapes, like she's there's still like 20 minutes in the episode to go and Kim escapes. I'm like, it's a cougar this week. Have we like undersold this? Because I remember the cougar being when she has this fucking crash. But no, it's it's definitely next week. And I, I just want to point this out. I'm gonna hold this up to the camera and see if you can see it. Because in my book, it even has a picture of the fucking cougar. Of course <laughs> like, it does. <laughs> it says a cougar stalks Kim. No, a cougar in the woods stalks Kim. I'm saying, can you look at this picture of this cougar? Does this cougar just not make you want to slap it? That looks like a fucking like a a, oh. a, a bitch of a cougar. That's the Miguel resting, of Cougars. It's got resting bitch face, that Cougar does. Like, it just... Oh, my God. We are, we are here. We are at the Cougar episode. Um, <laughs> sorry. I read additional intel. Alicia Cuthbert was actually bitten on the hand by the Cougar. <laughs> well, good. Good for that Cougar. <laughs> it was... She was... I'll spoil this for next week. Alicia Cuthbert was actually bitten on the hand by the... Tra- that was a trained Cougar? Uh, that stalks her in the episode. She was treated in the hospital for puncture wounds, given a tetanus shot, and returned to work shortly after. Wow. Wow. We're at the Cougar episode. I can't believe we're at the Cougar episode. This is like the most infamous moment in all of 24 history. Seriously, if you talk about 24 to the majority of 24 fans, the things they will mention are Jack Bauer saying damn it, which he said this episode, his seventh damn it of the season. And I also should point out that next week, 
will be the equal highest episode of Damn It ever in 24 history next week. So stay tuned for that. And I will say one quick thing too. I love on 24 Wiki, they've got a page for Damn It and it's got Damn It Person. One of the variations of the phrase Jack saying Damn It is followed by the name of a person he is upset with. The person he says damn it to the most is Tony. He says damn it Tony five times, followed he's by... M- Wait, he's more upset with Tony than Nina? He says damn it Tony five times, damn it Audrey four times, damn it George three times, mixed with Bill, Chloe, Chase, Nina. He says damn... He doesn't say damn it Nina apparently at all. So he says damn it Marcos. I can't even remember who Marcos, Marcos? is. Marcos. I can't even remember. But um, anyway, yeah, next brother? week... It's I, I I wouldn't say this is the most infamous episode of Twenty Four ever because there's some season six episodes which are pretty rubbish, and like from memory, this episode isn't a bad episode. It's yeah. just this Cougar storyline is just is so tarnished from Twenty Four fans, and I'll say this right now: it has been a while since I have seen the Twenty Four Cougar scene. Uh, mm-hmm. John Kazar defended the Cougar scene in our reunion, so I'm looking forward to this episode purely for the Cougar scene. Uh, because it is a pretty, like, it's just, oh, like, Kim may as well bump into space aliens. Like, it's just, it's literally like, let's put her in the most peril that we can, a cougar. I swear an alien should be riding this cougar while the cougar's riding a great white shark holding a machete <laughs> and listening to Taylor Swift to make it just that evil. A cougar needle. A cougar needle. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there you go. A hobo on a, on a cougar. hobo <laughs> on a cougar. <laughs> Uh, all right. So we are, we got cougars next week. We got cougars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you back. We got cougars. Oh, I love her. Uh, but we're going to get some more Marie next week. Marie's character is picking up and, uh, I'm hoping more Daniel day Kim. Because what uh, I'm at he's in next week. I think he's in the next few, isn't he? Yeah. He's in at least the one, two, three. He's in like five episodes in a row. And then he comes back for the last episode. So yeah, no, we're, I just we're... want him to go up and randomly sniff people's faces. <sighs> Nope, no cyanide there. <laughs> now nah, I want you to find anybody who has cyanide. <laughs> Sniff the cougar's face. Nah, definitely no cyanide. <laughs> Daniel Day Kim went to hospital with a puncture wound. <laughs> what a man. Daniel Day Kim month coming soon to the Oz Network. Yeah, we could do Spider-Man 2 again. <laughs> He's in Redo literally one all those scene. episodes of Lost. <laughs> What else is he Hawaii in? Like, uh, Hawaii 5.0. He, he's like the co-creator or something, isn't he, of um the Good Doctor. So Because isn't the Good Doctor based on a Korean show? So I think he's the one who like is brought it? it over to the States or something. Because every time I, well, the three times I watched that show, it was like co-created or executive producer of the Good Doctor or something. So, Well, the Good Doctor Oz coming soon. Um, Please no. Make sure to listen to... Our Nip Tuck coverage, uh, not Nip Tuck. Uh, go back and listen to Nip Tuck. You can hear more about You can if you want to. Don't <laughs> stop them. I mean, it's finished, but I mean, he was, was in ER for four guy? episodes. There you go. When it was, when well, it was doctor, he fell in love with. Yeah, I bet you he was up with another doctor. <laughs> Probably John Stamos. <laughs> he was an angel. Oh, there you go. We can do angel. Uh, but uh, yeah, Breaking Bad, that's the one. And uh, Lost, keep listening to Lost. You'll eventually find out why Noah can't get a date. Uh, and uh, move, movies, we're, we're done our movies for now. We're, maybe we'll do Oscar month coming soon. We don't know. Yeah, we have no idea what's happening. Not a clue. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for joining us. My name is Colin, and let's get out of the way right now. Kim meets a cougar. Done. Don't even have to talk about it next week. And my name is Ben, and so 
What are you going to do tomorrow? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.